0: Raw truth stories of female infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. My name is Rebecca and welcome to the show. Before we get started on today's episode, there is a couple of things that I do want to bring up. On my last Raw Truth Story, not Let's Ponder, but um, I believe it was part two from Annie, I had brought up some things that had been brought up to me about my two-part episodes. One of them being that people were having a hard time following with the second episode. Um, What would happen is, is I would record and we'd have part one, and then we'd have a ponder, and then we'd have part two. And I've had a couple of people who had mentioned that they kind of get lost. It's almost like they forget where they were at. And I always have a recap, which... I will continue doing, but the question that I put out was, hey, would you guys prefer, you know, and it makes total sense if I did episode one and then the following week I did episode two and then the next week would be a ponder and et cetera. So it wouldn't be consistent every other. If it's a two or three part, we would just do them one a week um, as opposed to, you know, stretching them out. And I did get some great feedback from people Everybody is always so kind and respectful, and I really, really appreciate it. So yes, we have decided, I have decided, thanks to the input from people, um, that we will start doing that. So today's story is actually two parts. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I provide them with a safe place to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. If you have been through this, whether it be because you were unfaithful or you were betrayed, you know that you just can't open the topic for discussion with your family and friends. It can be very lonely to process it all on your own. I know from my own experience when I was being unfaithful, The emotions that can all be too consuming. These reasons are why I chose to create this podcast. I don't condone infidelity, but it happens, and I refuse to place judgment on anyone. But I also feel it is just as important to learn what the husband or partner endures when this truth is revealed. What was it that led him to feel suspicious of her? How did he find out? How did he process all of this, and what would he do next? How could he confront her? I remember being in a group of men, some married, some single, when one of the guys told a joke. It went like this. Scientists have discovered a food that makes women lose all interest in sex. The food is wedding cake. (laughs) All the married men in the group laughed, myself included. Not one of the single men laughed. They really didn't get it. I remembered thinking, well, I'm not alone in my dysfunctional sex life as a married man. To facilitate the face-to-face meeting, Lisa booked a room in a hotel that was two minutes walk from my office. A hotel that I passed by several times every day. I still wonder to myself if Lisa did that deliberately in a sort of fuck you Mike kind of way. She wrote to tell Richard that the room was booked. Next, fate intervened. Lisa asked me to help her set up an email group for a work-related email. As I was doing that on the home PC with her sitting beside me, a Facebook message popped up in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. It said something like, Oh, how I long to wake up with you in my arms. By subscribing to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity on Patreon, you will get to hear these stories from the husband or partner's point of view as they share their side of the betrayal. Has your wife or partner been unfaithful? Have you not had anybody to really talk to about it? You're not alone. Perhaps you might even want to share your side for the show to help others. Visit rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and select Patreon to subscribe. Pledges start at $3 a month for the no-judgment tier. Not only do you get two extra stories a month, you get early access to the regular Raw Truth Stories ad-free and my outtakes. When you select the I Love This Podcast tier, which is $5 a month pledge, not only will you receive everything in the No Judgment tier, you will receive a No Judgment bracelet and an acknowledgement on a future Raw Truth episode, first name only with your city and state. And now, part one of CJ's Story. My childhood was pretty good for the most part, I would say. I was born in a decent-sized town in Oregon. It's where most of our extended family had resided for quite a while. My dad took over my grandpa's business along with my uncle long ago and as long as I can remember. When I was about seven years old, my dad relocated our family of five down to Southern California, where his type of work was booming. At that age, I don't recall having a hard time with the move at all. I had an older brother and a younger brother. I was the only girl in between. We settled there in crazy busy Southern California. I don't remember any of us, including my parents, having a hard time creating friendships. All the way through elementary, middle, and into high school was active and a fun time for me. I had boyfriends, if you really could call it that, throughout those years. I for sure had a liking for boys, while also being known as a prude, innocent girl. Entering middle and high school, friends and acquaintances were beginning to have young relationships and relations, but I myself didn't go too far in that same direction. I remained fairly prude. At the beginning of my freshman year, I fell into a bit more of the popularity scene. My oldest brother was four years older, and as I began to blossom and mature, his friends, I might say, started taking a liking to the little sister, and I didn't mind a bit. In fact, it probably added to being a little more boy curious knowing that the cool older dudes saw me in this new light my brother was absolutely not a fan of this, but I was pretty respectful and never put myself in any iffy situations. I did end up being asked to go to the senior prom that year by a younger brother of one of these friends. We only knew each other through mutual friends, but I was a freshman and he was a senior. I remember back then the giddiness of someone telling you that so-and-so had the hots for you and mainly friends asking for friends type of communication. I was told that a particular guy thought I was the most beautiful girl in the ninth grade and really wanted to know me. I gave it the okay to tell him, yes, I would like that. And so we did, nervously flirting, phone calls, and finally some actual dates. I could not believe my parents let me go. As I'm a mother now, I couldn't see me making those same decisions. Well, we, let's call him Robert, began dating and became official from that point on. It was a wonderful young love situation as I look back and remember 25 years ago. Yikes. He was my first serious relationship. Because Everyone at the time seemed to be entering those first love relationships and sex became more common amongst that age group. Against my not so smart judgment, I decided I would do it too. As I reached the middle of my sophomore year, my parents decided to relocate us back to Oregon. I was devastated when they told us, absolutely heartbroken. To leave everything I knew and what I thought was the love of my life was gut wrenching. I might add that during these years in California I have many memories of my parents fighting, alcoholism, and then affairs. They stayed together shockingly and we moved in February of that year. Hard times at that age, but I made it. Still heartbroken, I adjusted to high school back in Oregon and was crowned homecoming princess my junior year who would have thought I had many friends started sports and quickly found myself in a new relationship fast forward a few years and I feel that things were probably pretty normal for the age range I was in graduation college jobs serious relationships, and serious breakups. My parents finally divorced when I was 21, and regardless of what I knew about them and the tough times that they had, it still completely crushed my brothers and I. Time passed and my mom remarried, divorced, and then married again. My dad never remarried but continues in the craziest, most absurd relationships, I can never make sense of. I met my husband when I was about 25. He and his buddies who were all old classmates of my best friend walked through the door of the bar that we were in. His name was Timothy. My eyes immediately locked onto his and his to mine. He was crazy attractive. Funny looking back, we never spoke, just stared for most of the night. As the bar was closing, my girlfriends decided it was time to head home. I did not want to leave wherever he was, but decided if it was something, something would come of it. It did. When we were noticed gathering our coats and purses, he, out of nowhere, decided to speak. Are you leaving? I can't let you leave without asking for your phone number. I was floored and excited all at once. I may have played a little hard to get but eventually did give it to him. A few days went by and he never called. I could not stop thinking about him. Playing the waiting game was agony. He finally called and he had me wrapped around his finger for the next several years. On a side note, he is a pretty extreme introvert and I couldn't be more of the opposite. I sometimes believe I could carry on a conversation with a brick wall. (laughs) Even though he is so different from my normal attraction type, he had me. The attraction was through the roof and there was no one else quite like him. Through the next few years, it was on and an off again game. As much as I wanted a serious relationship, he just wouldn't fully commit. He wanted to be established with his career and life in general before completely being in. After feeling heartbroken one too many times over this, I met somebody new. I wanted more than anything in the world to get married and have a family. Time was only passing me by. The guy I met, let's call him TJ, lived three hours away, which I loved. We were far from knowing any of the same people in groups, and it was perfect that way. Fell into what I thought was love and finally moved to his hometown. TJ was smart and did very well for himself. That alone was an attraction for me. We built a house together. Well, he did. I just planned and designed. This was all in discussion of getting married and starting a life together. Over the first year, I became extremely homesick and hating my new job definitely didn't help that. I felt awful, but I reluctantly reached out to Timothy through email. I didn't expect to hear back from him as he was informed not too shortly after of my moving away for a new relationship. To my surprise, he emailed me back. A few weeks and several emails later, I was telling him I was moving back and missed him tremendously. He felt the same. He had finally gotten to where he wanted to be, completed school, began his career as a firefighter, paramedic, and bought his first home. It didn't take long for me to end the relationship with TJ and move all the way back home. TJ was dumbfounded and distraught to say the least. I was able to get my old job back, rented an apartment, and back into the thick of it with Timothy when I went. Even though I had moved back, we still had a hard time nailing down a committed relationship. Off and on again with suspicions of other girls in the mix. Again it took me completely being done and standing my ground this time before he begged me to forgive him and that he was ready crazily that time he meant it for the first time we dated truthfully honestly and were committed for at least a year I finally met his family he never wanted that to happen until he knew he'd found his person he proposed and another year later we made it to our wedding date things were great we were in love and everything between us was so much more different than ever before I knew that it was no doubt the biggest struggle for the five years of knowing him, but hanging in there had finally paid off and I had won over the man who forever had my heart. Four months after being married, we were pregnant. And again, nine months after the first, two kiddos in, the perfect man, we even built a home. I was happy. I finally had what I always wanted. Over the years, for unknown reasons, things just gradually started to change. He worked stressful 24 to 48 hour shifts or more, and I worked a day a week or so at the same surgery office just to have me time and to get out of Mommyville. Fights seemed to start becoming more regular. He was moody and grouchy fairly often and was always excused due to stress and lack of sleep. Now, I'm no angel, but I honestly never felt that I was a moody person or the main cause for random fighting. I started seeing a counselor and was eventually put on antidepressants to help with what I was feeling. I felt exhausted. I was a wife, a mother, a multitasker all around and felt trapped with a person I began despising. It wasn't a good feeling and I pondered divorce as the kids began getting older. I think of them becoming more self-sufficient caused me to see my relationship with Timothy in a different light. As the kids grew, the friendships in our truly amazing neighborhood took off and expanded in the coolest ways. Our neighborhood is like a mini suburb to the city we live in. Huge neighborhoods with so many growing families just like us. Friendships were forming within the entire family because of the school, sports, and activities the kids became connected with. Family get-togethers, carpooling practices, and even mini-vacations became a thing, and it was by far, I believe, the most fun time for us all. One of the families we grew very close to were acquaintances of mine through a mutual friend years ago. I knew of them and them of me. However, I wouldn't say it was a friendship to any other extent. Realizing the connection was fun and old stories we were all somehow tied into was always hilariously talked about. This particular family, I'll name them Steve and Jenny, naturally became our go-tos for just about everything. Carpooling, kid hangouts, sleepovers, babysitting for each other, sports sideline besties. Well, when I say go-to's, it was mainly Steve and I. For some reason, he did way more than Jenny and I, much more than Timothy, just the way it always was. Steve was probably a bigger extrovert than I, even. And you guessed it, Jenny, a replica of Timothy. All of these things caused us to have to communicate often. He even, for a stretch of time, picked up his kids on our street parked in front of our house so that his kids could walk together, just because our street was a sooner drop-off. We would visit while waiting for the bus and again waiting at their practices, always just the two of us. We would laugh or be serious, anywhere from childhood stories to religious beliefs and politics. He teased me and maybe picked on me a bit almost nonstop. Later in time, I found out there was some whispering of it being flirtatious. I'm not exaggerating when I say there was never a dull moment. Admittedly, we both may be a tiny bit flirty naturally. I've been told it's just a part of my personality and in my makeup as a person. During a football practice conversation, Steve reminded me of a time that he and I were both at my dad and a friend of his adjacent condos at the coast. I don't remember seeing his group, but he does mine. He asked the friends he was with, "Uh, who is she exactly? They told him and then carried on with the night. He told me that he had never forgotten that, the way I looked and how sweet I was to everyone around us. I would say this type of friendship continued and strengthened within us over a couple of years. We would pass each other almost every morning dropping off at the school. He would text and say something hilarious or swerve his truck to scare the life out of me notoriously. Then out of nowhere one morning, a message was different. He texted asking if that was me. I said, um, yes, just like every morning. He replied with, really? Something was different. Me laughing, hmm, I don't know. I guess I'm not wearing makeup and I just completely rolled out of bed. He then responded with, whoa, I wondered who the new beautiful blonde driving a white SUV just like yours was. I've never seen you without makeup. You're beautiful without it. I just looked at the message and stared into space as I drove home. Kept thinking, what was that about? And how in the world do I respond? I got back home and finally messaged back saying, thank you, but that's just not true. Teasing per your usual haha. He messaged back saying, not joking, completely serious. Uh, I thought, what in the world did he just say? What should I do? Keep responding or just ignore it like he had never said it? I would see him later in the day at pickup. What would I say then? A few days go by and we are still texting, but a lot of it is just the normal kid stuff, I would say. Then another little flirtatious comment, he messaged me through Instagram Messenger this time. I think I said something jokingly flirt back, giggling at the same time, and he ran with it. We then were on a flirting message spree. I was finding myself waiting for every single one, with the most exciting anticipation. I kept saying to myself over the next few days, What is happening? What are you doing? It's Steve. You're friends with his wife. You have husbands, kids. I am now holding secrets every day. Secrets from my husband, family, friends. Secrets that would be beyond destructive to all of these people. My relationship with Timothy remained the same. Only I was on my best behavior, trying not to fight or argue or question his jerkedness, just to keep him from being any sort of suspicious. I was like glue with my phone, checking my messages every chance I got without seeming obvious. Timothy could have grabbed my phone at any point in time. He never did, but had he? it would have exposed this best friendship and beyond. This concludes part one of CJ's story. Next week, we will finish it up and we'll find out, does she cross that line with Steve? Does she not? Does she continue with her marriage? Does Timothy find out? What about Jenny? So stick around. Next week. We will get those answers. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com to access story guides, subscribe to Patreon for bonus episode of the men's side of female infidelity, and to vote for this podcast to be in the Hot 50 countdown for podcast magazine. To submit your story for the show, share feedback, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth@gmail.com or send by snail mail to Rebecca Adams, PO Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington 98682. Every story is always anonymous. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is produced and edited by Rebecca Adams. You can follow the show on Facebook at Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, on Instagram at Podcast Raw Truth, and on Twitter at Raw Female. Thank you again. And be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. And always remember, no judgment. Goodbye.